What's going on, guys, and welcome back to the one and only Growing Together podcast. My name is Kaylin. I'm Kyra. And we're here to crip walk with you through life, faith, relationships, and money. Before I you say it, say rock with you. I was going to say rock with you. That would have been a good one. Oh, I usually say walk with you. Sometimes I say rock with you. And sometimes I say crip walk with you through life, faith, relationships, and money. This is going to be one of them episodes. As you guys can see, your boy is dressed down. For the Kaylin, first time. Kaylin switched characters on accident. Yeah, I, I just got to let y'all know sometimes I could do both. But really, this is like, for the OGs out there, the OG like potty talk people on the podcast, before we start doing video and everything, before y'all started getting blessed with my fits every week, we went through a season called the COVID Chronicles. Wasn't actually named that, but it was basically the COVID Chronicles. And this leaf is tapping me on the back of my head. Damn. And I am like blown out. What's going on, man? <laughs> our kids, our kids were in here. Everything also. is messed up right now. This is too bright. Okay, that's better. Our kids were in here touching stuff. I saw them. I witnessed it. Kaylin yeah. was sick. They did have a moment in here. I did tell them to exit <coughs> the potty room immediately. Our soundboard, they turned everything. They, they just be messing with stuff. I saw them do it. I did. But yeah, when daddy goes down, I want to say there's chaos, but stuff don't be how I. No, I it. talked about that on my vlog. Like when Kaylin is not like out of town or sick, like I have the most creative freedom to be as wild as I want to be. Like I am just a very messy more free-spirited, go with the flow. Meh, if it's not a big deal, let them do it. Kind of kind of parent. And that leads to a lot of a lot of things going on. Yeah. But as I was saying, um, COVID Chronicles, I thought I had COVID uh, about two weeks ago. We went to a wedding. Y'all know we were talking about the wedding. And then a few days after the wedding, Buddy was watching the uh, election. And it was at night. And, like, I was... Laying down on a couch in a way where it's like, oh, my body going to hurt in the morning. Like when you start getting older, your bone structure start hurting. And I was laying like this for like a couple of hours just watching the election. It's very interesting. Y'all know we talked about this on the podcast. Like my family is like really interested in politics. Um, so I'm enjoying this, you know, and the back of my neck started like aching and it really started like spasming and hurting. Slightly, but I was like, I already know this feeling because yeah. last time I got COVID, I was like, it was, it, it starts on, on the back of the neck. And then it started going down my spine, through my shoulders, and then my head. I was like, it was like the feeling before you're about to get a headache. I got that feeling and I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to go to sleep and wake up. And you're going to be done. It's going to be bad. And sure enough, <clears throat> woke up and my whole, like, everything in my body was aching. My toes, the heels, my knees, my elbows, like my fingers, everything all at once, just like pulsing and aching my head. Oh, my head was hurting so bad. And I'm like, yep, I got COVID. Um, so for three days, it was terrible. And then one day. Three? I feel like it was like five days. It was really bad. The last day where it's always like, especially like with COVID, I remember this. It's like this. It starts off bad and you're just like, okay, this is pretty bad. And then it gets a little bit worse and you're just like, okay, this is bad. Like this is like the flu. And then it gets even worse where it's like, 
You want to? I'd cry. rather die. And I, I don't say that like lightly, but like you're in so much pain, and it's no medicine. Like there's no. There's nothing. Yeah. And I'd be forgetting that you can take medicine for it. So I, I forgot that you could take like Tylenol or Advil. So the last day I was just well, like, oh my goodness. Yeah, you don't do sick right. Well, you didn't do it right this time. Like the first few nights he was up in the middle of the night, like walking around. I'm waking up like, what is this man doing? Waking me up. I'm like, what's going on? He's walking around, sweating, breathing heavy, laying on the couch. I'm like, I have what? no balance. Like, really? and you're, it was, he was so loud because he had no balance. He was just like fumbling everywhere. Doors were like slamming. I was like, literally, what is he doing? And then the next night I was so like, fatigued. I was like, this man needs an IQL. Like put him out. You need to lay down. Be quiet. You were, that may be one of the most clutch things you've done in our marriage for me. And like when I'm down and out, because I forgot I could take medicine. And when you gave me that NyQuil, it was like three in the morning, y'all. And I was just up. Like, good night. That put me to sleep until probably 1 p.m. Yeah. And I needed that rest because I was so fatigued. I didn't eat for like two or three days. So I'm down like 10 pounds. My sickness gets me the worst, specifically the COVID stuff. You did eat. When? I did order you Chipotle. One you ordered me Chipotle twice in a week. And the first one I had at keto because I was, I was in ketosis. Else? Well, I tried to eat the Ritz crackers. I couldn't taste them. Oh, I did bring you crackers. Yeah. I lost taste for like three hours. Taste and smell. Oh, you had banana. I remember. Okay. I remember you had like just like little. And it was like, it was as if I was taking an antibiotic because it wasn't digesting correctly. Like when you fast for like that long, your stomach is totally empty. So it's like, it has nothing. And I'm still like deep bloated. It's really weird. Kyra and I were talking about it earlier where it's like, there's no inflammation in my body. At all. Like no, no puff. (laughs) So weird. But my stomach was like flat. And I would Abs, eat like I was like, wow, no, it wasn't. No, wow. It was like, oh, you're 12. I don't know why oh. sickness takes me, but it does. But um, because you don't eat while you're sick. So now my like clothes me, when I'm sick, I'll order Starbucks in bed. Stuff that I was like filling out is like Not now kind of loose again. You need to bulk up because it's getting cold outside. It's getting cold. I'm going to need to. I'm going to need some, uh, need some fluff. thickness on you. I'm need some fluff. But I'm, I'm good. I'm glad to be alive. I'm glad to uh, feel a little bit better. Hopefully my voice comes back. But y'all know on the Growing Hair podcast, we don't miss. Like, we don't, we do not really be caring. I almost missed today because I was like, I don't know. Well, it's Thanksgiving break. So you're <coughs> getting a special deluxe Thanksgiving break episode mm-hmm. that we almost did not film because it's just holiday vibes around here, you know? Sick holiday. I'm not in my suit. Like, I don't even know if I'm going to be out there on the internet like this, but. <coughs> you want some, you lose some. We went to our house and Carter drove us to the store. And we got some cough medicine that we've been forgetting to get for like the past two weeks. And the cough has only been bad like the past three days. Yeah. But they said that the cough medicine is supposed to suppress your cough and make it go away. I just took that mess. I'm still coughing. You have to give it some time to set in. That's so weird. You have to give it time. Oh, my goodness. This man and this cough. Any any updates for you? I think I'm already like in new year mode. I'm already in like, who do I want to be in two months? Mm. And like prepping for that. You a resolution girl? I, <laughs> I am. Although the last two years, I don't think I did resolutions. The first two years ago, I just had Carter Kaiser in December. And so by the time the new year was coming around, I was like kind of baby blues, kind of like 
I'm just in mom mode. Like there are no resolutions. Like this is going to be my life for the next year. Like making bottles, night sweats, like all that. And so I was kind of like, boo, I hate New Year's resolutions because I can't participate. I was kind of like a Debbie Downer. Next year rolls around. I went to Hawaii this time last year in December. I came back and I had like a two month depressive episode. Like I was not good. Things just not, I don't know. It was off. Like December, the Hawaii trip was, it was amazing, but like eh, a little bit of a hot mess. Was it like a mountain high going to like a valley low type situation? No, I was like <clears throat> valley low before I even went to Hawaii. Went to Hawaii. It was mm-hmm. amazing. You're doing so good though. Like you're working out. And- you forget, you forget, you forget some things that were going on. I don't remember. And- <laughs> I, I really do not remember. Was it with me? Yes. Oh, what did I do? It was probably like one of the worst, one of the worst times. December last year? Yeah. What did I do? Yeah. I don't remember nothing. It was just some stuff. Wait, uh, wait. wait. <coughs> what did I just, do? It was just some stuff. But we really, I feel like we really worked through it the, in the new year. What did I, I do? I came back. It was a lot better. It's not just you. It was both of us. It was us? Yeah. Oh, you was tripping. You was you was you was you was you was tripping. No. Was you moody? No, it wasn't even a moody thing. It was just whatever. Oh, was it beginning of my quarter life crisis? It was in the midst of it. Post COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Post my retreat. I don't know what I did. You didn't. It's not that you did. It was us. It was us. It was just us. We were we were having some growing pains. Yes, we were having some. Yes, exactly. We We were were growing apart. I also. I don't know. I'm just saying. um so anyway yeah december was like the trip was amazing but also you know when you're having like marital issues you just want to like be at home trying to work on it but actually sometimes i think a little bit not, i don't want to say separation and then get it get taken too far but like let them take it too far babe some time to just like think about to think about it i find that a lot of times my emotions are just so high that it kind of overpowers all logic and then like i'll take a nap and wake up and be like wow <laughs> really tripping i was really like doing the most i don't know why i did that so i i feel like it was good to just kind of like relax ground zero and then when i came back home we had like a good conversation and it was really good everything was awesome. oh i remember you was tripping it wasn't just me it wasn't like you 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 was you said some stuff too you were 75 percent tripping and i kind of had to check you no yeah i think we need to refresh on this one no no, no. now i know i now now i know you were big tripping do you remember what you said to me no i was not just i don't remember I what i like, said specifically but you was tripping but you were 75 percent wrong i was 25 percent wrong and i'm telling you i would be honest if i was more wrong but yeah yeah i think okay i will say this i will agree that i was hmm i don't know i don't i don't really like to play the who was more wrong game because on the back end, I'm thinking I was, I kind of like checked out of life for a while and then developed bad habits that did not contribute to like a healthy life for me, like a healthy mindset. But I wasn't, I didn't realize I was kind of just like going through the motions, going through life. And then it kind of all imploded inside of me. And I was like, oh my gosh, the world is crumbling. And then that bled onto you and then like caused issues. I felt like Anyway, we're fine. Okay, it's been a year. But anyway, coming from Hawaii, I was kind of in like this terrible episode in like January, February, March. 
And then things got better. And then over summer, things got worse. And things have just kind of been like downhill. But I feel like I'm doing better now. I sound crazy. But I, I think that I will participate in. All that to say, I think I will participate in New Year resolutions this year. Not resolutions. I think just more like lifestyle changes. That's just not my experience. That was long. Yesterday. But I, I feel like I have. Is there such thing as like toxic op- optimism? Maybe it's not even toxic, but like I'm such a glass half full optimistic type guy where it's like to me, if you want (laughs) to me, when I hear Kyra um, characterizing her year as like it started off bad and it's just gotten worse and worse and worse and having experienced it with her, I'm like that that's really not how it's gone down. And it kind of makes me feel bad because I'm just like, have you really been like unhappy or um, just not feeling it all year? Or have you had like certain days or certain weeks or certain like um, just hours where you felt bad? Because I hear her building this narrative of having like a terrible year. And I'm just like, fam, I can't let you do that. And if I was going to make a joke about it, which I'm going to. I'm going to say it's that TikTok talking. Y'all TikTok girls, y'all be on there. TikTok has changed y'all personalities. I kid you not. And the husbands out there, you're not going to comment. And I know I'm not going to get some support verbally or out loud about this. But women who spend a lot of time on TikTok, y'all personalities be starting to mold into each other. Like y'all are influencing each other. I don't really watch a lot of TikTok. And you sound like tiktok right now i don't even know what that really means but i'm like kyra was your year really this bad or are you characterizing and making a personality trait of having a bad year did you just have some bad moments that is incredibly invalidating though i'm not trying to invalidate it and i know you're right like it's invalidating but i'm like fam things you just even brought up about december i'm like was it really that big of a deal maybe it wasn't a big deal to me was it really that big of a deal to you (laughs) yes Wow. Okay. And then, okay, yeah, I'll give you this summer. This summer was a lot. But even like the way that we've dealt with this summer, I felt like it's affected me differently. Like it's just something that happened. But for you, it's been like like you haven't fully recovered from it. And I'm just, I guess, call it immaturity, call it whatever you want to call it. But like, I don't know how to properly empathize with what you're expressing. Like I'm not understanding it <laughs> i mean I and, I, and it's causing me to invalidate it and it's like yeah. i know that that's not nice and i know that doesn't make you feel seen or heard or whatever but i'm like that just i've lived this alongside with you and i just feel like i feel completely different than how you feel and i'm not sure if that's a mindset thing or affect, if it's a affecting personal thing it doesn't affect us the same way mm. because the things that have been effect will affect me differently than they do affect you but so many things when I see how it affects you, it affects me. But that's what I'm saying. Like my experience with you throughout the year in observing your behavior and trying to pick up on like how you're feeling at the moment has not been how you're describing it. Like it has not been as bad as you're describing it. So it seems like, like when you talk about it, it may be tongue in cheek and it seems like you've had the worst year ever and it started off bad and it's gotten worse and you just want to throw the whole year away and get the oh, resolution. This is the second worst year of my life. But I'm just like living alongside you this year. 
it doesn't seem like you've had that many bad days. So it's like, am I terrible at reading you or have you been suppressing this really good? I think both. Like I'm terrible at reading. No, on one No, I don't think you're terrible at reading me, but I won't Maybe that's like something I need to work on, but I won't necessarily like come out and say like, oh, ABC, this is how I'm feeling. And that might be because like, I know that you have a hard time empathizing or like, yeah, I guess empathizing with what I say. So (laughs) I don't want to get too deep here, but like internally, like I know like, oh, maybe he might not understand what I'm saying or he might not perceive it that way. It's going to get dismissed. So yes, it's going to get dismissed and therefore you're not a trustworthy person for me to confide that kind of information to you, Mm -hmm. which I don't want it to be that way. But I think that like internally, that's how it plays out. And then second of all, I just cry way less than I used to like back in the day. You've cried a lot this year. I've cried a lot this year. If I talk about it, I literally will start crying right now. But yeah, I cry way more this year. I think, I don't know. I'm just... A lot of stuff happened that was just out of my control. And I think it just, it affects me differently. I did see this girl on TikTok talking. I don't even want to say TikTok anymore. I was doing some research and I heard this. I saw this girl on TikTok say that she she has bipolar too, I think. And she said like when she was single and she would have like these depressive episodes and, but she had roommates. It was fine because she could just go into her room and like be alone and just like kind of get through it alone. But now that she is engaged and she lives with her or she married, I don't know, they're either one. She lives with her spouse slash fiance, whatever. And now when she's like having a depressive episode, she feels like this pressure to suppress the episode that she's going through because it like puts the other person in a bad spot or like nobody wants to be around somebody who's like unhappy. Nobody wants to be around anybody who's depressed until you like you fake it until you like start to feel better basically. And so maybe I don't know I found that kind of relatable. Like I don't want to be, I don't want to be like the sad mom in her room all day, you know? But like, this is what I don't get about people who do that yourself included. And this is where like, you could call it a lack of empathy, but really it's just, I don't understand like why one would do that because you are in a way self-sabotaging and in, in trying to avoid being this sad mom or whatever you want to input that you're trying to avoid, you actually are becoming that because you're not as good at suppressing it as you think you are because all those chickens come home to roost. And then we're even more confused because you are acting a way that's like super like heightened because it's the opposite reaction to everything that you've been suppressing for so long that we didn't notice. So it's like, yeah, you were super good at suppressing however you were feeling for so long, but then now we get the the floodgates opened of emotion and we're just like, literally, where did that come from? Yeah. Like literally you were good and now you you're a wreck. What happened? So for me, I just think that just say how you feel when you feel it, because that's what I do. Like as soon as I feel it and this to to a a fault on work, it even sound nitpicky um, or complaining or whatever. I will say exactly how I feel when I'm feeling it. I will talk about it. I will release it and then I keep it pushing. And then that way, whenever I'm feeling that way again, it's me revisiting something, not me opening the floodgates and pouring out something that 
I've been thinking about for a long time. But you know what? That I haven't expressed to the other person. I was complaining <clears throat> about Taylor, and you were not feeling me. You we were not on the same way. No, I was feeling you, but I felt you the first time. But it's the sixth or the seventh time where I was just kind of like, we already had this conversation, but I know that we kept talking about it because you were feeling away. But I was just like. <coughs> This is one of the textbook situations where they say the woman just wants to talk about the thing and they don't want the solution, but the guy wants to figure out the solution. And for me, since we had talked about it one time and I had realized that there actually is no solution to it, I was just like, oh, I mentally checked out because I was like, oh, there's nothing we can do about this. This is something we can't control. But then on, you know, four five, six and seven, when you bring it up, I was just like, I just kind of like, dang. Because you weren't giving me what I wanted the first, second, third time. Really? Yeah. Like, the first time I feel like I did. No. What did you want? I wanted to close the laptop, look at me and be like, oh, I was wow, on my laptop the first time. Dog, That sucks. Like, I can't believe that happened. They suck for that. Like, go in on them. <coughs> <coughs> like, hate Ticketmaster as much as I do right now. I did. Mm. I, I heard about it. And I feel like we had a really good conversation because I heard about it from the community that I'm a part of, which is like the finance business community. But and I they feel were, like even if I did bring it up 10 times, you literally complain about stuff so, so much. I don't complain. Shoot. School. How many times have you fault, given me follow-ups to email conversation, which I love to hear about? Oh, I know you love to hear about That's why I tell you. I don't but have why? to tell you because it's not me even complaining about it. Like, especially specifically with school, it's stuff that I can't control. So it's me letting you in on what's happening. It's not me saying, oh, man, this sucks. Woe is me. But like if I was like, "Mm, (coughs) yeah, okay, like not engaging, like that's kind of just not cool. No, you you love the stories I tell you. I mean, sometimes I'm like, okay, this is. Fam, fam, you're not about to get me on this one because I literally did a whole podcast episode with you about Taylor. So like I was, I've been tailored out with you for the the past month and a half. I, I know all the songs that Taylor did. On midnights. So you're not going to get me on Taylor. Yeah, I've been talking to you about Taylor. I've engaged with you with Taylor. We're not going to do the Taylor thing. So the one time I I screw up because I don't. No, I'm not saying. saying. You know what? You know what I'm about to do? I'm going to bring up Young Jock on you. So I'm on Twitter right now, right? Um, And this is a good, this is a good, right in the middle of this conversation. We getting heated talking about Taylor. I'm not heated. No, I know. Take a break for a moment to talk about life insurance. If you're listening to this Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance Sponsorship ad, there's a good chance that you're alive. And if you're not, well, this may not be of interest to you. Now I know what you're thinking. Life insurance. I'm going to live forever. Death is what happens to other people. Well, for the sake of the argument, let's assume you're wrong and that someday you won't be listening to podcasts anymore. I know it's not easy to talk about, so I'll do the talking. If you're 50 plus and alive, or 50 to 75 in New York, you can apply for Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance with guaranteed acceptance regardless of your health. And since this life insurance is guaranteed, you don't have to get a medical exam. In fact, you don't even have to fill out a health questionnaire. For a free quote, just visit GerberLifeFamily.com. Then when you stop, I mean if you stop, listening to podcasts, your family can use the insurance money to help cover your final expenses or anything else. Your kids already inherited your ears, allergies, and questionable singing voice. Don't make them inherit your final expense tab too. See website for terms and restrictions. So Young Jock, you remember Young Jock? 
Yeah. What's one of his songs? I don't know. Ah, I can't even remember none. But I remember Young Jock. And uh, so he was getting interviewed with his wife, I believe. And they brought up a conversation I feel like every couple experiences and has. Oh, gosh, I'm scared. And their reaction to it, everybody's reaction to it on Twitter is interesting. So I'm going to just play this, let you listen to it. And see, see what you think. Okay. <coughs> but that's how you put it. You said you wouldn't want my son to be like me. I wouldn't want them to do some of the things that you okay. have done. And I wouldn't want my Namely, daughters to do some of the things you've done. We're human. That's what I'm trying to say. You would want them to do majority of the things that I've done. Listen, what I'm saying is, when you talk about me, don't sum me facts, up. Right? Don't sum me up on the worst side of me or what you consider the worst side of me. Because ain't okay. nobody fucking perfect. So okay. don't do that. That's okay. what I'm not going to do. Because okay. as a man, guess what? I got to stand on mine too. Yeah, you I, do. Guess what? Get, you, let me, let me yeah, tell you something. You I didn't go to college. Guess That's what? Fine. I want my kids to go to college. So we can say That's that right good. now. That's, I don't want them to go that direction. I want them to go to college. I can say that with you too. Right. But don't sit here in front of the world, in front of a, a, a medium, mm-hmm. and say, oh, I wouldn't want my son or your sons to be like you. Hold on. No, not we, necessarily no, you don't put some respect like on my name. Because I'm okay. successful. Okay. I take care of my kids. Okay. Ain't none of my kids out here be my guest. I'm not going to do be that. slighted, honey. I'm not going to do that. That's, that's, where, that's where we have to draw the line. Okay. Because I don't care because the camera in front I'm of me or somebody asking me questions. I'm not going to reveal my everything that go on with me. Just okay. like right now, you ain't going to sit here in front of these people and tell what your credit score is. You ain't going to sit here and tell your social security number. You ain't going to sit here and tell them what's in your bank account either. I won't. Okay. So some things are better left fucking unsaid okay. and in the private, and that's what I'm going to do. So when you okay. addressing me, Okay. Don't ever, don't ever make it seem like I'm the worst of the worst, cause I'm not. Okay. Cause I came through and changed your life, and it wasn't about me having no money. It was about the right, integrity. It, it was about, it was. it was about my integrity. It was about me standing up for you. It was about me helping you open your eyes to see things that no other man has gotten you to do. So when you talk about me and address me, please be mindful of that, cause I love you for who you are, I'm good and you, bad. You know I love you. So don't. So, but I would never say to the world that I wouldn't want my Okay, so the context is his wife told him that she would want her sons to be like him. That was a lot. So. You said that's a a conversation every married couple should have or have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because it's like, oh, can I tell this story? I'm going to tell the story. So my dad told me one time, my dad and my mom. Uh, or maybe it was my mom who told me. But anyway, they were like at dinner or something. And a conversation came up about something needing to be fixed. And my mom has said like, so-and-so like, oh, uh, she said my dad's name. Oh, he can't fix that. Some, something like that. And then like after dinner, my dad had told her. And when we in front of people like that, don't like. Pretty much don't ever don't ever talk about me like that. Like don't ever put me down in front of people. If anything, like I should be Superman. I should be able to do ever, anything. 
in front of people. And I remember when I heard this story for the first time, like as a kid, it triggered me because when adults tell another adult, like, don't ever type stuff, mm-hmm. it, it just hit me because it's just like, ugh, like, why are you so mean? Why are you so controlling? And then I remember sharing the story with Kyra. And then when we were uh, early in marriage, a situation like this happening and then me having to, quote, do the exact same thing and just tell her, like, look, don't ever. And me holding myself to that standard in front of people, too. Um, And I just feel like I really empathize with young Jock. And I feel like every man can who has ever been with their significant other in another room and they're getting talked about. And sometimes the line gets crossed. And now your significant other is like disrespecting you and like putting you down. And it just comes right for your masculinity. It's you right in the ego. And it's just like, I don't even like talking to you like this, but you got to know that you no, we don't do that. Yeah. It's disrespectful. I feel like I can see both sides. Like, I feel like I can see both sides. Like on one end, I can see where she's coming from. Like, oh, I wouldn't want our sons to have to be exactly like you because she knows him in private. She knows the ugly things he's said, the ugly things he's done. Obviously, he said he's not perfect. Like, you know, we know things that we say in private that it's like that wasn't a representation of our true character or who we really want to be. But yeah, we do have faults. We say ugly things sometimes like yeah, we, we all do it. But then on the other end, I think sometimes we can be so critical of our spouse and forget to see all that they actually are, to see all the positives, to see all the things that they, they do. Like I've definitely been guilty of like doing both. What do you think about the doing it in public situation? Oh no. The fact that the cameras were on. No. No, cut the cameras. Like, I would not want to have that conversation on camera. But she did. So what do you think about it? Oh, my gosh. No, I don't think. I think, like he said, some things are for private. You don't need to expose everything. And, yeah, I don't think that should be public. I think that needs to be that needed to be private. It's just, oh, because there's obviously, like, Twitter right now, black Twitter specifically, is they going in on it. And they're just like, man. Um, they're going in on her because they're just like, man, I hate when like you be talking to somebody and they keep cutting you off with these very just like snide, quick comments where I it's think like she's uncomfortable. Where it's like, are you listening to me or are you just hearing me so you can respond something smart? Mm-hmm. <coughs> well, I think she was uncomfortable. I think she was a little bit. I mean. When you like get checked and like kind of like get put in your place, I don't want to even say that, but like that's how it feels when you're on the receiving end of like, wow, I actually understand what they're saying. I was kind of wrong. I was right. I meant what I said, but I probably said it in the wrong context, didn't give enough credit, probably should have said something nice leading up to it. Like there's ways you can say there are some things about you that I think you could work on and I wouldn't want our sons to have these characteristics, but da da da. And I think she just got caught up in it. And then when he, he came correct though. Like he was respectful the way he spoke. He was cussing at her. Uh, I don't know about how correct that is. But I mean like we're talking about young Jock. I'm not expecting him to be this man of God of whatever. Like in, in the context of who he is as a person, like she seemed like she was handling it. Like, okay. I think because like what she said isn't inherently disrespectful. Although it kind of is, which is, I know a contradiction, but like she was, 
she was misunderstood. She was kind of taken out of context. And he felt a way because I think he know that he don't really want his kids to be exactly like him. Yeah. Like, yeah, you did but what you, you did so you can that. get where you are. And then after you have your kids, you want to pretty much make their life easier than what yours has had to be. So it's like if you were a drug dealer and that led to you being a rapper, you don't want your kids to be a drug dealer and then be a rapper. You want your kids to take the torch and start from where you are and go further. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the where she's coming from. He also did say, like, <laughs> there's things about you, there's characteristics about you I wouldn't want our kids to have, but I don't say that. And, like, yeah, some things are just better left unsaid. Yeah. I don't know if I – do I subscribe to that? I mean, yeah, I think so. Like, women, I we always hear this, like, should men comment on their wives' weight? Mm. Or something's just better left not said. Like, just you don't need to say it because it's going to cause more harm than good. It's not going to be a fruitful conversation. It's not going to be happy time. It's not going to be good. It's just going to have long effects, bad effects of what you said. Just be quiet. Some things, not everything needs to be said. And I, I can't disagree with that anymore, but you're right. <laughs> because I feel like in this marriage covenant, this oneness, there should be like a rawness. And even going back to like what you said earlier about pretty much me at times not being a safe space to confide in because you don't feel like you're going to get the, the empathy that you need, um, which is really uh a more specific way of saying that like you're being misunderstood. So like, what's the point of talking to you if you're not going to really understand me and like feel me. And I'm just like, that kind of sucks because in the marriage union, like you want the one person that you are bonded to, to be the person that you can confide in and the person that you can have those type of conversations with. But when there's that disconnect there, then if you can't get that from the person that you're supposed to be the closest to on the planet, then who can you get it from? And if you can't get it from anyone, then like now you have to go without and that brings on its own problems. But I wouldn't say I go without though. Like, I think that that's something I can recognize in just personality differences that we have. Like I remember even earlier on in our marriage, like we couldn't really have like the conversations that we have on this podcast were not happening early in our marriage at all. And I know that that was kind of like a hole for you that you had voiced to me. Like, this is something that I want. And like, I want to have deeper, more meaningful conversations, but I just couldn't go there at the time, but it's something you actively work towards so that one day you can have that. And so I would say like, as far as me confiding in, in you, like it's not, a, it's not an always thing. It's not our entire marriage. I've never been able to confide in you. Like 90% of the things I would even say like 99% of the things I do confide in you, but especially this year, I would say has just been like a lot of just like internal thoughts that it's like, does everything need to be said? Like I've had a lot of sad moments. Does every sad moment need to be talked mm -hmm. about and explained through? And I just feel like it's kind of exhausting for both parties. Like sometimes I just don't want to talk, but if I do feel like, Oh, I don't want to tell Kaylin something because I have already drawn a conclusion that he never showed me. I've already drawn this conclusion that he's not going to be empathetic when he never, that never happened. So it's like an act of fighting against what, a narrative that you play in your head. Mm. So it's like, it's both like, yeah, sometimes <coughs> I do bring issues to you or I am upset about something and I don't feel like I get the reaction that I want, but I'm also a person who plays scenarios in her head. And like, I want, like, I want this reaction that it's just like, not very realistic. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And so I feel let down. 
Yeah. So I feel let down. So I fight against that and like uh, try to allow Kaylin to like be who he is. But I also do say like, you're not really giving me what I need right now. Like Mm -hmm. I, I need more attention. I need to be told ABC. I need more affirmations. Like I fight against it. I'm not just like, well, my husband's not somebody I can confide in because I don't trust him. Like that's not how I live. You know, that's, that's interesting that you say that too, because especially dealing with somebody who's like vehemently against being controlled and me dealing with somebody who controls um, like narratives in her head and scenarios and like when I don't live up to these scenarios, I can definitely feel it. And I'm just kind of like, what what did you expect? Like you didn't give me an opportunity to react how I wanted to react. But on the opposite side of that for me, it's Kaylin, what she's projecting is what she wants. So it's like when you ask me something or when you talk about something, it, I need to be more cognizant of the fact that that's you like asking to be loved in that way. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, Kaylin, I've played this in my head this way. And when you don't respond this way, I know that you're going to feel a certain way because you don't want to be controlled in how you respond. And yeah. that that's that's true. And that's a fact. And that's right. But also I'm right because I want to be loved in this way. Yeah. And I vo- I've also voiced it. Mm-hmm. I also put it out there. Mm-hmm. And like that is even so like hard for me to do because this like overwhelming fear of rejection of like oh if I tell him this and say like oh I want more words of affirmation what if he says no which Mm -hmm. he's never said but it's like what if like I'm so terrified like that would literally crush my heart it's like a double rejection because like you already play this scenario in your head of how you would like it to happen and then it doesn't happen that way so that's like a form of rejection Mm -hmm. and then when it doesn't happen that way you say you hear from someone like me oh you need to let me know so then you verbalize it and then it doesn't get understood or it doesn't it still doesn't happen so now it's like rejected again and now it's even more embarrassing because now it's out there these internal thoughts that you've been feeling because even if you verbalize it if that person is not that kind of person they're not that kind of person it doesn't come naturally to them and there's a lot of things that Kaylin has asked of me that does not come naturally to me that I fail at all the time but like I also want to be given the space and like time to grow which like a lot of times in these areas it takes a long time to develop these characteristics that are not natural at all they're like learned personality traits basically and so it's like oh I want to be given like that's the the grace basically to grow and like be this person that my spouse wants me to be but yeah it's hard either way I think one thing that we're good at with this in particular is not majoring on the the gripes that we have with each other in this season because like I feel like when people do that where it's like let's say you've been married we've been married almost six years right and like let's say my biggest gripe with Kyra right now is that I've been doing good I don't know if you have any let's let's just say like she don't pick up her shoes at the front door or something um and I just make that like my whole thing as soon as I see that after work or I get home like now I'm tripping and I'm so upset And I just can't see nothing good about Kyra because she keeps leaving her shoes there. But like after you've been married for like a longer time and we're getting up there, it's like, do you remember the things that used to be your biggest gripes with your spouse that they actually grew in? Yeah. Do you give them any credit for that? Yeah. And I'm just like the 19 year olds that got married compared to the almost 26 year olds now. I'm like, oh my goodness, we've come so far and our leaving and cleaving is low key goaded. So it's like, 
that's what gives us the opportunity to have conversations like this. And for me not to feel like you're putting me down and I hope you don't feel like I'm putting you down. And this is advice I would give to young jock and his wife where it's like, it's obvious that y'all haven't had conversations about this. Like she was giving max uncomfort comfort and he was giving max hurt. Yeah. And it's like, he's trying to communicate that what you did just hurt him ego wise, pride wise, whatever. And she has to go on the defense because it's now public. So it's like low key. Yeah. Maybe y'all shouldn't be having those type of conversations publicly. If yeah. y'all relationship ain't there to be talking. I about think it. the good thing that she didn't do was try to prove her point because we, I mean, I know she has a list in her mind to say something like that. And well, she was trying to go there. You know, she has a list. Oh, okay. She has a listener of mind of X, Y, Z things that he's probably done said in private that it's like this, this would be extremely problematic for this to come out and for everyone to know that you said or did these things. She said, I won't like basically speak freely. Like you got the green light because she was about to go there. And then he was just kind of like, that's the line where I got two questions with that, where it's like, why are people like that nowadays? Where it's like, as soon as we get a camera on us, and maybe we can even fall into this trap in a way um of since we get a camera on us we just throw our mess out there i think i have i have a i have a theory i think it's because when you're too afraid to have conversations in private when mm. a camera is on it almost feels like you have someone backing you up like, wow i i mean i think i i I, wow. I relate to this because when we wrote our book i felt this way reliving all the time in our early marriage and like dating and like being probed for all of our like messiest, ugly interactions, times, things that we've said to each other, more importantly, ugly things that Kaylin has said to me that I just like didn't appreciate. And I'm like, yeah, like if this is a time where we're telling the truth, like tell the full truth, Mm -hmm. like put it out there, say who you really are. And it's like, you feel, you feel like protection in that of like, I kind of want to out this person who for, for who they really are mm-hmm. in private. Ooh, I remember being lured into that because I didn't appreciate the first draft of our book, the manuscript. <coughs> it got rejected. It was it was too real, it was too much. They said it was too dark. Yeah, I wish I wish I got an opportunity to read that one. Um, but even when we were writing the second manuscript, one of the comments that I had to make to our editor was that I wanted to include more stories that showed the humanity of Kyra because I didn't appreciate that a lot of the stories just kind of characterized me as bad guy and Kyra like damsel in distress who like always needed saving when I'm just like kind of like homegirl on the video I'm like wait I got plenty of stories where you were absolutely wrong and you absolutely hurt me that I can share and ruin this whole narrative of damsel in distress like no you're just as bad as I am but the way this book is written right now makes it look like I'm the bad guy. And what I was feeling was, even though nobody had read this outside of our team, I was feeling that you were gaining support for all of your victimhood. And I was gaining like animosity for me being the perpetrator for bad things. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. If anything, we're going to level this out. and We're going to share the full story for both of us. And that's why some of those stories that don't share Kyra in the best light are in the in the book. 
um, alongside mine. Like I've been who I've been. Y'all can tell by my personality. I'm abrasive. So y'all can imagine like in private throughout my whole life, I've had a lot of opportunities to like screw up and be mean and say bad things. But it's harder to believe people like Kyra can be that way. And she's not like that, that way a lot. And she screws up in different ways than I do. But the, yeah. the point is we both <laughs> screw up. With so much going on in the world and in our lives, it's common to feel anxiety and stress. And when you're dealing with anxiety, you're at a higher risk of suffering from trouble sleeping. This is why I'm so happy to tell all of you guys about Abide Sleep and Pray Meditation app. It's the number one Christian meditation app that's been proven to reduce stress, improve your sleep, and deepen your experience with the peace of Christ through biblical meditation. I personally love the Abide app before sleep because it just puts you in such a state of peace and helps me fall asleep way easier, way faster, and also helps me to not scroll before I'm going to sleep, which also I think just improves my overall quality of sleep. With Abide's premium subscription services, you get ad-free meditation, plus you'll get early access to more content, background music customization, a sleep timer, and even a journal to record your progress. So let's all sleep better and find peace. Download the Abide app today and boost your mental, physical, and spiritual health. Right now, I have a special offer when you subscribe, 25% off your first year when you sign up for the premium subscription, but only if you text our promo code GROWING to 22433. Don't wait. Download Abide Sleep and Pray Meditation today and text our promo code GROWING to the number 22433 today to get 25% off. I feel like it's easier to catch people, <coughs> the kind of people who say mean things, and I feel like you were more of a say mean things kind of person. And I was more of like a silent, silent killer. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the things I did, it, we, we were just bad in our own way. I was just more, I'm not going to throw the rock and have my hand. I'm, I said what I said. I did what I did. This is why I did it. And basically how you feel about it is irrelevant because I already thought about why I did it and I'm right. And you were more like, I'm acting like I'm being compliant or I'm acting like I'm not trying to cause a strife. Or like but I like wouldn't. I'm really going to do what I'm going to do on the back end. And then we just going to talk about it when you find out about it type stuff. And I'm like, oh, but that's like, yeah, that, that's yeah. That's Sneaky. what happens when you have just like an untrustworthy marriage. Like you just can't come to each other. And I feel like that's what I see in the interview. Like that is a conversation that should have ha- been had in private. Like who I also see this, his tone that he was giving when he was like backing himself up was kind of icking me out a little it's bit ick. because he, I, I felt him like, I feel you. I, I get what you're saying, but also on the other end, it's very much giving pride and who you want the world to see you as this great man. Who's like there for his kids, which I'm sure he is, whatever. But like in private, you'd be doing and saying some stuff that does not align with who you are in private in public. And I personally take Big issue with that. I personally take big issue with that. Like the big red flag that nobody's talking about is your wife. Your wife is saying that she don't want her kids to be like you. Which begs the red flag, which begs the question, what is going on in private? What is being said? Because although you can have great characteristics, like you can, you can tell the truth. You can be there for your kids. You can like want better for them. But honestly, it doesn't, it takes like one bad characteristic to really ruin all of that. Like if you like people, there's like a trend on TikTok of people saying like 
everything my husband did while he was cheating on me. So like he was buying me flowers every Friday, date nights, every Saturday, doing all these amazing things, but he was also cheating on me. So like, who gives a crap about all the amazing things you were doing if you were also cheating on me? So if you're a great dad and you want the best for your kids, but like you're borderline abusive at home, like, no, I don't want my kids to be like you at all. Like throw it all in the trash. You're trash. And that's why it's like, people that are willing to throw it all out there even in front of the camera be low-key trustworthy because it's like look if you want to turn this into a dirty dog fight then let's do it because like there ain't nothing in my closet because i'm i'm that type of person and this is why the podcast is like the way it is where like we don't edit we just kind of let it flow because i'm like i don't have nothing to hide from i am who i am i say what i said i stand on it when it's time to apologize i will i don't want to say i'm reluctant to it like I think about what I say before I say it (coughs) so absent of like any new learning or understanding I said what I said and I meant it and that's gotten me into a lot of trouble on here I've been like I've gotten a lot of trouble on here but you know you even if whether you agree with me or not you know I'm telling you the truth okay but people like young jock and the demeanor that he's giving in that one it was giving I put you on I expose you to this big lifestyle you're not going to play me. And to that, I would respond, especially like I would imagine as like a woman, a black woman nowadays, it's kind of like, that's the main reason people be wanting autonomy. That's the main reason people be wanting their own money. Because when you get with a guy that's going to try and flex like that on you and like make you swear (laughs) allegiance to him to never play him and never show the world who he really is because he showed you a private jet or he showed you Dubai. It's like, nah, dog. And the second is all the pride in trying to maintain this image of like, I only want people to know the good about me, but like she know the bad about you. And she said what she said for a reason, but now you're going to check her almost in a hypocritical way in front of everybody. Yeah. And make her look kind of crazy in a hypocritical way in front of everybody. When you well, don't want to be having conversations like that in front of everybody. And what's more telling is she didn't, she didn't back down from her stance. She at the end was kind of like, but, but yes. Okay. You don't want me to say it publicly. Okay. But also I meant what I said. Mm. And that's, that's like, that's very telling. Also. Yeah. Him making the point of like, Oh, basically I put you on and it wasn't the money. It was because no other man has ever, what did he say? Like brought you to this level of understanding. And on one end, I'm like, okay. On the second end, I'm like that. That's as if saying the only way she would have ever been the person she is now is through you. And you, we don't know if that's true. Mm. We don't know if she would have met another man or if she could have just done it herself. Like, you don't know. You don't know. I think that that's giving, um, (laughs) it's giving like high value man talking points or high, high value man, um, embodiment of feelings. And I, I resonate with that specifically because when you know who you are and you know what your spouse got like when you recognize the value in yourself then you can speak facts like that that not maybe not in that way but like um like he know what's out there and he's just like i'm not that too though that kind of kicks me out too yeah we had a we had an argument argument last year about this um Like, yes, people can be great. Spouses can be great. But that doesn't mean you'd be like, 
there ain't no one else out there like me. Like you, yeah, never you don't find, do it. You don't you do it. You would never way. find another like me. Like there ain't no, like. Yeah, that's that's dumb. And with our argument, I want to call it an argument, but we had a we had a discussion about it where I feel like personally, and I've been saying this for the past decade that guys don't value their self or weren't at that time valuing their self the way that women were valuing their self, especially in the Christian community, because women were always preached to about chastity and purity and wearing purity rings and all that stuff. And guys were, you know, supposed to treat women like, as if they're a prize, which they are. But like in doing that, they weren't recognizing the value in their self. And as a result, they weren't holding their self to the same standard that they were holding women to. So it's like they want to hold women to this unrealistic, non-sexualized, non-sexually active standard while it's okay for men to be addicted to porn and sexualizing women and low-key go lose their virginity, you know? Yeah. But it's like... But I think a lot of the men who (coughs) recognize that they're the prize already had a pride issue, so it just was like, you're doing too much. Like, you're you're Uh, not carrying it well. Like, you're... It's kind of like... You're using it more as a slap in the face. And it's like, it's not coming off... It's not coming off right. Like, if you want to be like, oh, I'm a prize because I'm gentle to my wife, I'm understanding, I'm slow to speak... I'm slow to anger, like I'm patient. I I take her asks in, into mind when I'm making decisions, like things like that versus being like, you wasn't ever going to get here without me. Like, that's not the vibe. I think that's the point just, that I'm making is while it, it's exceptional, like you're saying the guys who recognize it, that they have value have like a pride issue. I would say that's an exception. I would say, especially through Christian culture and the way that they've communicated to women about their value, that it has inflated the ego and the value of Christian women, especially the ones who are virgins, into having by default in mass that type of pride. Yes, because the Bible says husbands love your wives. wives no, no, no I'm not talking about church, wives. So I'm talking about unmarried women. But these are typically women that are like, preparing for marriage so they're like oh i expect to be treated at the highest no i I want you to really catch what i'm saying i'm talking about by default unmarried virgin christian women who went through purity culture and checked off all the boxes they haven't had sex they don't watch porn they don't masturbate those women by default be having the most pride because they recognize the value in their self okay okay but it's not common for Christian men to recognize that type of value in their self because they're not living that type of lifestyle. Yeah. Cause they are like riddled with shame and guilt and I'm overgeneralizing, but like really catch what I'm trying to say. So it's exceptional for a Christian man to say, Oh, actually I don't expect anything out of my sisters in Christ that I wouldn't expect out of myself. So I'm going to hold my, myself to that same standard. And when a Christian holds herself to that standard of chastity, of abstinence, of your body as a temple, of not masturbating, of not engaging in any of these sexual <laughs> sexual acts, not being a virgin by technicality, all that stuff, then you start to build up pride because you're just like, wow, I'm checking off all these boxes. My body is a temple. I value myself so much. And I was that person who was like, oh, wow, I'm super prideful now because I don't do the things that my other Christian brothers are doing. I'm exceptional. Mm-hmm. But Christian girls weren't because they was already living like that in mass. So what I would communicate to them is I'm not like one of these other dudes. 
I'm not going to treat you like none of these other dudes. So if you get me, shoot, I'm the prize too. Mm, yeah, I, I get you. <coughs> but I still hate that. I still hate that whole vibe. I know why. And even saying it, I'm just like, boy, you is not the prize. She the prize. And that's just husband wisdom, you know, being married six years. You know. Well, because one of those- just by thinking you're the prize because you're not, maybe not participating in other sexual acts that other people are doing your age. But it's like, there are so many other things. There are so. I'm just saying the way that that manifests. Because like, okay, that was the dating stage, unmarried stage. But when a prideful man, because he checked off all these purity boxes, marries a prideful woman who checked off all the purity boxes, they can get together. Or whatever combination of people who didn't check off purity boxes and people who did get together in marriage, (coughs) even extending it past past purity, talk work ethic, talk being a non-cheater, talk being a high earner, talk being handsome or, or, or beautiful conventionally talk being smart like any of these qualities whatever combo of those you have if you recognize that you have some of these qualities and conventionally people would say these are great you could look at your spouse and say i think i'm pretty great and i feel like i'm a prize like yeah there needs to be some humility yeah but i feel like there's no way especially me having married you i would want you to think like Kaylin, why would you ever cheat on me? You got to be the stupidest person on the planet if you would cheat on me. Do you see how much I bring to the table? That's exactly how I feel. I'm like, you got no scrub. You had, you had no, you didn't have kids with a scrub. You know, like I want my kids to feel like I'm Superman. And I want you to feel like you married Superman. I want you to feel like yes, okay, there ain't nobody yeah. else out there that I want to go be with because I got him and I feel like him. So it's like, I don't have this self-doubt. I don't have imposter syndrome. No, I'm him. Like, I'm really like this. Like What you've been following, what you're hearing, what you're seeing, I feel like him. And I live to that standard because I take pride in that. Now, if I'm self-doubting and everybody else has this standard for me and I don't reach it, then it's just like, oh, yeah, just like everybody else. But no, like I, I'm not called to be like everybody. I ain't called to be like that. I'm called to a higher standard. So that's where it's like, not even like a bad pride, but it's like kind of like a good pride where it's like, what do you call somebody who does the things that they say they're going to do? Like if somebody says they can jump five feet and then they go and they jump five feet, you call them a five feet jumper. So it's like, if I don't cheat on you, if I work hard, if I'm handsome, if I'm smart, then shoot, I'm that. And that's him. If you are beautiful, if you're a great homemaker, if you're a great mom, I'm going to say, yeah, you're all those things. But I also, at the same time, want you to feel like you're her. Like you went from that girl to that woman and you her. Maybe you shouldn't say it out loud, though. Yeah. It's more but I want you to like carry unspoken. it. But I do that. I think that was kind of his <clears throat> point in being like, OK, but what about everything that I do do? What about everything that I am? What mm. about the good characteristics? That's like we used to play this game, I think, like a couple years ago where I would be like, Okay, let's do like five things we're thankful for about each other or five things we love about each other. I just feel like that's a good exercise to like be in the mindset of like things we like about each other, things we notice about each other that we're doing well in. I feel like this exercise is especially good for me because 
I love to harp on the bad. I love to harp on the negative, the things that I'm missing out on or like the, I'm like, these are the things I want. And it's like, all I can think about it. I like become consumed by it. So I have to like, be like, okay, relax, Kyra. You're acting like you literally married the worst person in the world. And so, yeah, I just feel like. You see why I got to do this exercise? <laughs> yeah, but saying I'm him is definitely not. It's icking me out. That's just TikTok talking. No, it's, don't That's say the TikToksification that. of y'all just like. Don't say that. That's my best comeback because anything, any entire she did, I just like, that's just TikTok. I ain't even holding that against you. That's just TikTok. But no, like I'm not, just like Young Jack, no, I'm not going to just sit here and let you say even you know, slight comments was like, wow, I feel like I married the worst person, even if you're joking, because I'm just like, I'm not the worst person. Like, I've been out here. I've been friends with these people. I've counseled these people. Bam. There are worse people than me. There are worse people, but that doesn't mean you've reached that you are just perfect. And no, 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 no. And that, but nobody said perfect. Nobody said perfect. Nobody said that they can't do better. What we're saying is we're not about to just let nobody Son us. No, I get it. I see both sides. But like when, but both sometimes at the same time. right after you get sunned, you got to remind them who you are yeah. and you got to remind them what they got. And then sometimes you even got to tell them what they could have had. And that's, and a lot of women and men, when these conversations come up and you say like what you could have had, they'll just say <clears throat> kind of like some Beyonce irreplaceable stuff. Like, oh, you think you're not irreplaceable? Like, I can go get another one of you. Da, da, da. This is just sounding toxic, more toxic than we're talking. You know, but it's like, because I'm bringing this all this up because these are like the responses that I saw on Twitter mm-hmm. where some people was just like, oh, she settled with him. And then people responded that it is like, no, she didn't settle. She got a quick bag and now she got what she got. But like if she settled with him, it's silly on her to have kids with somebody that she wouldn't want her kids to be like. So it's very nuanced. Yes. What I'm saying is. Some people, I think, are overestimating how green the grass is on the other side. Because you got a spouse and you treat them like they're the worst ever. But they're like so good in the characteristics that are really hard to find out there in the streets. Yeah. So like faithful people that are hardworking. Maybe you didn't get the supermodel on either side, male or female. But maybe you got the best cooking, most cleaning husband that's going to be faithful to your tail work hard, be a great example for your kids, pray for you. Yeah. But because they don't look like Etris Alba, you like, man. <laughs> and that's true. I risk it I all. See, I see a lot of couples on TikTok where, like, don't make fun of me for referencing TikTok, okay? But I see a lot of couples on TikTok where, like, husband and wife, like, some couples will be praying, like, her husband will be praying over her. Other couples, like, they'll talk about how their husband just did the dishes and like mop the floors. And I, I can be like, Oh, my husband doesn't mop the floors, but like they're, they're highlighting those aspects, those attributes, <laughs> because that's what their husband is good at. What if, what if my husband did that, those things, but that's all he did. Mm-mm, no, mopping the floor is not going to get it done for me. That's not, that that's not really something I, I value is high. You know, we all have our like a list of things. And so I, <laughs> yeah, just some, I definitely have gotten slapped in the face a few times this year of being like, be thankful for what you got, because there are some very annoying men out there and it could be worse. And that's why. I, and at least I have a husband that when I have requests of like, I want to, I want us to be more like this. He listens to me. And I think that's why it's important 
too to toot your own horn sometimes because I feel like like when you talk about words of affirmation, it's hard to affirm somebody who has self-doubt, imposter syndrome, or low self-esteem. Just limiting beliefs about their self. They believe things about their self that aren't true. They don't talk to their self very nice. So if I affirm things in you that I like the most about you, but you feel insecure in those things, it's not really lifting you up as much as it could. Yeah. Like, yes, it's still important to encourage people in things where they're insecure because it like helps them out of insecurity. But what I'm trying to do is the things that I love the most about you that I will probably, let's say, compliment every day in different ways. I mean, I've been saying it directly, but just you can just tell I'm so in love with this aspect of you. You may not be receiving that because that's not something that you think is an important characteristic of you. Well, that's why words are important. That's why words are important, but it's also like there's different ways of communicating. Like there's so many nonverbal communications. Yes. That, I mean, most communication is nonverbal if we're being honest. So it's like, yes, words of affirmation are important, but like also how you see yourself is important. Like if you told me, Caitlin, I just love that you're such a good dad, but I feel like I'm a terrible dad. Like I wouldn't receive that right. And then if you just said, Caitlin, I just love the way that you play with the boys. To me, that's saying, one, I love the way that you play with our kids, but also that saying, you're a great dad. But if I don't feel like a great dad and you tell me you love how I play with my kids, it's not filling up that it's not affirming me in this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that's why I think it's really good to have the self-awareness to know what you're good at. And that's all I'm saying. It sounds cocky. It sounds repulsive. It gives the ick. But I'm saying, no, that's a good way. To I have it, the I self-awareness where I know who I am. I know what I'm good at. And I've compared me. To my friends throughout the years, I've compared me to the people I see. I've compared me to young jock. And I'm like, I'm not like them. I'm not like them. I'm like this. I'm like that. And going based off what I'm seeing that people want, I'm like, do you shoot, ever see, I'm that. Do you ever see other like people and think like, I could be more like that? Yes. We should always grow and learn and try and strive better. But I'm also saying for you, even if you don't do this. Not to say that you like the self-awareness though, like what you're good at, but I'm saying I've seen other men covet my wife. That makes me feel kind of good because I'm like, they recognize that I found a good thing. Yeah. That I've obtained favor with the Lord because I found my good thing and my good thing keeps getting better because I'm encouraging her and she's also encouraging herself to do better. So it's like, if you do it, don't think that you're her. I'm to me, oh, no, it's, I it's preposterous. I, to I me. think I'm great. Say it, babe. I'm not gonna say, say I'm her. I'm not gonna say, say it, that. babe. No. Say it. No. Say it. I can't, babe. Say but it. I do. I do know the attributes. I know what I bring to the table, babe. I know if you I'm don't great. say it, you're not sealing it. I'm not gonna say that. Science still it delivered. just doesn't feel right, babe. Say, really? I'm, I'm really low key her. <laughs> you feel it though. That's the thing. It don't even matter if you say it or not. Because you feel, and this is what I'm talking about, nonverbal. In your head, I know right now you're saying, Kayla, out of the options that you had, out of the people you was around, I'm really her. And I say, thank you. I'm him too. Nice to meet you. We're such a good couple. (laughs) We We really did. We really did pick... 
the best. I feel like I'm going to get dragged for this, but I also feel like somebody is feeling me. What do you mean? I feel like they're feeling me when it's just like, we do our best. So like, when you accomplish something, when you've developed your character, when you've developed as a person to the point to where like, you like who you are and you recognize where you've been and where you are, are now, I feel like you should be able to call it out and it not be called pride. The bad pride. Yeah. Where it's like you got there by yourself. Like, no, nah, y'all. God sanctified me. Yeah. Like, I've, been, I've grown. I'm new. Like, I'm changed. I'm, I'm him. Yes. But maybe this is like that delusion, delusional no, no, type no. thing. I think, I think he makes sense. I think say I'm her, babe. I'm not going to say it. Do you feel like her? I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> I feel like when you say, oh, I'm him, I'm her. It's like I've, I've reached like this level of like, I'm at the top. Babe. I know that's not what you mean, but like, that's just how it Do you feel up. like her? No, stop saying that. Kyra's so modest, y'all. She, she cap it. I, I can see it in your that. face. You feel like her? No, I, I don't. I don't feel like her. Who, are, who do you feel like? I feel like I'm great. I feel like. Okay, that, that's her. That's her talking. I feel I'm pretty irreplaceable. Y'all hear like, her talking? If you want to try to replace me, go ahead. Have fun with that. That's how I feel. That's her talking. <laughs> that's how I feel. So say that. <laughs> But also, I'm not perfect. I have my fault. Nobody's saying, see, this is the thing. Y'all move the goalpost. And I'm not saying if you say you're him or her, that, that means you've reached perfection. I know that's not what it means. No one's trying to act like they're perfect. Nobody's saying they're perfect. But, like, he recognizes that he's imperfect. But he strives for better because he doesn't want to live a mediocre life. And that mindset. Okay, I'm her then. Thank her. you. Talk your stuff. That's why I'm going to clip that. I'm going to make that. No. I was playing. I was playing. Say, say it. Say it. I'm good. You don't want to say it again? I don't want to say it again. I just it feel, said it I feel good to say. Not, not really to me. But. I didn't marry she. <laughs> I didn't marry they, them. I married her. Not a preach. <laughs> but also we're extremely biased towards each other. Like. Other people have gotten married for other different attributes that they found in their person. And like, I, I know some of the people I'm around, they see me, hear me, see who I am. And they're like, she is annoying. I know people think that about me. Damn. Like, I'm so glad I'm not married to her because she's annoying. I just want to apologize for talking like this about myself or my spouse, because if nobody else will toot your horn, sometimes you got to toot yourself. This is not to say that you become unself-aware and super prideful, have a big ego. I think you already know. Y'all are smart enough in our audience to yeah, understand yeah. what I'm saying. But also, if you married somebody that you don't feel like is her or him, then I feel sorry for you. And frankly, that's how you get in conversations like we just listened to. Because I'm like, I would never, if I had a daughter, of course I would want her to be like Kyra. You're her. I'd say that you've arrived and it's your perfection, but I'm like, other examples, I would say, yeah, I'd like my daughters to be like my mom or my yeah. sisters. Like I'm surrounded by women that are her. I remember before we got married, you were like, I'd, I'd want to marry someone who like has the characteristics of my mom. That's some Floridian type stuff. And, no, uh, but like, my mom, she's like a, a woman of, of character. Like she's, she's sweet. She's kind. She's thoughtful. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm surrounded by her. Hers. Yeah. So like in the same way, if you married to somebody that you seriously are out here saying that you wouldn't want your sons to be like, 
There's a conversation that has to be had. <laughs> and I will say, I will say this. I'll end with this. Based on the way, based on what she said and his kind of response, it just gives me the vibe like something has happened behind closed doors that are not matching up with who he's, this persona he's trying to project to the public. Meaning she probably in her mind knows these things that he said or done that need to like be talked about. And I remember when we were writing our book and all of the like our worst parts of our marriage get brought up because it's like, let's write about this. We had to have like multiple conversations of us being like, okay, what about when this happened or when you said this? Like, I still remember when we said this to each other or whatever. And it's like, let's hash that out so that we like, I feel like there's something about recognizing things that you've said or done in the past and being like, I'm sorry that I said that. I'm sorry you still think about that sometimes. And I'm sorry that it's had this lasting effect. And I'm thankful I'm not that person anymore and like kind of lay it to rest. And I feel like that's important to do. Like even if it's something (coughs) your wife said five years ago, if it's something your husband said five years ago, like, and it's still something that bothers you, like you have to say, you have to be like, I hate to bring this up six years later, but this is something I still think about and it bothers me and it makes me feel like you're not really who you say you are. Mm. It makes me feel like your character, yeah, not who you're saying you are to the public. Cause there's nothing, there's nothing worse than like holding resentment for your spouse and like every, the public loving them, the public being obsessed with them. And I don't even mean like social media public. I mean like at work, like their coworkers Ooh. say like great things about them. And it's like, Oh, like, Oh, oh, Jack, Jack is always helping out around here. But you know, Jack ain't ever helping at home. Suffice to say, look, you got you to gotta say it. You got to put it on the table. You ain't going to make no fool out of me. We ain't, we ain't doing that. Like, if, any, if there's ever trouble in paradise, I don't want to say I'm going out messy. But like, I'm not going to make no fool out of you. I'm not going to make you look like the clown that got to sit up next to me knowing we got some unresolved issues. Like, no, I'm just not going to do this. Well, one thing about me is I won't put a brave face on. If there's trouble in paradise, you won't see me because when I'm not going to be messy. So I just will. You will not see me because until I feel like every day I need a fresh slate, like every day of our marriage, I need to feel like I don't think there's no unresolved issue because I wear it. I just wear it on me like you will just know something is wrong. I'm unhappy there. There's a problem like we know this. I'm just I just am this way. But I feel like it, it's actually beneficial because it forces me to be like, that hurt my feelings. I'm mad you said that. But we just talked about you not saying how everything you be feeling. This is why I said both, I'm both a straight can be shooter. True. Both can be true. It depends but we need to get you more into the honest straight shooting, how you feel and exactly how you feel it. Yes, but we also I did agree. talk about the nuance of sometimes having to deal with how you feel by yourself. Yeah. Think about it, marinate on it, develop that self-awareness and then be able to express it. Yeah, it's it's for me. It's everything for me. It's a mix. Like I know when I'm not being honest and I'm like trying to hide something or I'm trying to like force myself to get over it. I cannot force myself to get over it. Like if it's bothering me, even if it's like I don't like you didn't hold the door open for me. Like that was like kind of like, why'd you do that? I have if it's really bothering me, then I have to say it. And sometimes you'd be saying stuff and I'll just be like. Oh, like, where did that come from? Like, what? For real? And sometimes I'll say, like, I might be tripping, but I just feel like I have to put this out there. Like, this is kind of how I was perceiving 
this to happen. And I'll yeah, keep it, it a bean with you. It's always it's always worth it. I pride myself on keeping it a bean. I where it's like pleasure. if I really deep down to the depths of me feel like you tripping, I will say, "Yeah, dog. Like I hear you, but you off." You'll tell me I'm tripping, but you'll also like understand that I still like it's still a reality for me that I feel sad about it. But then like the things that I know that you tripping about and I know that I'm, I'm really actually wrong. A lot of times I'll just bring it up. Really? Yeah. It's just it doesn't happen that often. Like I'm not wrong <laughs> that often. No, like I would say big things that you're not like wrong about. I feel like that doesn't happen often at all. But it's more so me perceiving something you did to be like hurtful to me. Mm-hmm. Then you weren't even really thinking about it. But in a lot of it, it doesn't even result in you being like, oh, I'm sorry. It's more like you being like, you're kind of being dramatic right now. And me being like, I know I'm being dramatic, but also I'm like sad about it. And then we'll just like hug. I don't know if it's just a hug. I definitely is a conversation before the hug. But yeah. Oh, yeah, like conversation, hug, whatever. It depends on, like, how serious it is. I got to stop, though, because I'm dying. Oh, like, sorry. I have to cough I'm so, dragging you. so much. I'm dragging you to the deep end. I don't, I don't the drag. The rubber medicine didn't work? Huh? The cough medicine didn't work? Whatever it was? Not a mess didn't work. That's false advertisement. Mm. Big cap. Anywho, thanks for... Um, Your voice cracked. Yeah, thanks for hanging out with us, y'all. Thanks for... Um, that was interesting. Marriage yeah. episodes are my favorite. I don't know actually. if this was interesting. It was interesting to me. Talking about them, talking about it a lot. <coughs> Anywho, thanks for hanging out with us once again. As I always say, let's, let's keep, keep growing, growing together. together.